You like they're not that fast. You can kill those things. And I just want to let you guys know that me and Dana are so in alignment that we did not plan out our uh, color scheme today. We just so happen to be matching. Okay, I'm gonna pray a thing. I was about to say because <laughs> Dana is about to get off this thing with me. All right, let us pray. Dear God, I thank you for being the sovereign God that you are. I thank you for being so wonderful so magnificent, so intentional, loving, forgiving, and patient. God, please forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed against you, whether we did it on purpose, whether it was by accident, even those sins that we have committed that were unknowing and unbeknownst to us. We surrender and lay them at your feet. We cast every care, every worry, every thought, every fear, frustration, anxiety, and struggle and say that in this moment, we will be fully present because it is in the now where our power resides. It is in the now, Lord God, where we can press into your presence. We cannot dwell on yesterday. We cannot worry about tomorrow, but we can stand firm in this moment at hand because we know and we understand that when two or more are joined in your name, that you are in the midst. So we thank you for being here with us. We thank you for never leaving nor forsaking us. We thank you for sitting down in the midst of this conversation and flowing and letting the Holy Spirit have his way. So myself and Dana, we surrender all God. We cast it down to your feet and we say that and we die to our flesh and we say that you can think through our minds and speak through our lips and give us the tongue of the learn so that you are glorified. Use this live stream to breathe a fresh wind into your sons and daughters. Use this live stream to set a fire down in our hearts. Use this live stream to reignite and remind us of what you have said and what you have called and commanded us to do. So I thank you for the fresh wind. I thank you for the reigniting Lord God. And I thank you for a great covenant conversation. And Jesus and we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys. So let's just jump right into it. So today's conversation is pretty much entitled overcoming warfare. Um, this came, oh, overcoming spiritual warfare. <laughs> this came about, um, I'm gonna say two weeks ago, we were on our, we, as you guys know, myself and they, oh, wait, let me slow it down a bit. Hi, everybody. I am your conversationalist, Cassandra Lenore, and I am joined by my co-conversationalist. Dana Kyle. Macbeth. Okay. So moving forward. So um, about two weeks ago, we were having our, we have a Monday morning prayer call with uh, like 10 other individuals. So it's about 12 of us in total. And Dana, Miss Kyle herself was leading the prayer call. And she was able to take note because how we structure our prayer calls is we do prayer requests, right? So everybody is able to go around and ask specifically what they want prayer for. And we understand that specific prayers receive specific answers. And so Dana was going around the circle asking everybody, of course, this is a phone call. What did they have prayer requests for? And she was able to identify that the underlying theme was, I think people were asking for, it wasn't consistency, was it? Guidance guidance yeah it was like guidance you know 
determination and dedication and stuff like that. And so clarity when she, and guidance. <laughs> clarity, guidance. Well, mine was, yeah, you're right. So this was two weeks ago. Give me some grace. So two weeks ago, clarity and guidance was a lot of the underlining theme that everybody was praying for pertaining to that specific prayer call. And the prophetess herself was able to take <laughs> was able to take note of that and then before instead of just going into praying praying for everybody's individual prayer requests and just taking that before the lord she really stopped and started asking and digging deeper to like what is the root of this like you know this doesn't seem like it's necessarily like a trust issue in order for us to not go through cycles or constant seasons right we need to get to the root of why do we feel like we need this guidance why do we feel like we need this clarity because it could be something deeper because what she was saying is like you know we're all spirit-led believers we all hear from god we all have a relationship with god so is it it's not that we're not hearing from him is it and she just really wanted us to get to the root of that and so with that being said we started realizing like okay well for us all to be going through very similar seasons this is a warfare this is spiritual warfare in order to overcome warfare we first have to acknowledge it and we first have to recognize it and so that kind of led my me personally on this journey of you can be in seasons of spiritual warfare and can i'm a i'm gonna say constantly going cycles with it because you aren't identifying and recognizing first and foremost that it is warfare and secondly once you have recognized it then how do you overcome these things and so um i think that a lot of times we equate warfare to like something i mean spiritual warfare is a big deal but we i'm a personally speak for myself sometimes we just minimize it or ostracize it to like these large heavy hitter things when spiritual warfare and even like generational curses can be found in the small things and so with me i personally personally realized that i have been battling something that was not so much taught or learned but it was just passed down to me it was just something that is a spiritual warfare but more so a generational curse that's on my family and where we can look at it as being poverty or lack or scarcity mindsets and all these other um uh, uh lust and addiction and um suicidal thoughts and just all these other things that are quote unquote larger to be generational curses what about those things that the enemy slides into our lives and our thoughts ideas and suggestions but our warfare pieces and so if we can if we do not recognize that we are engaging in warfare or enduring warfare then we cannot overcome it because we just think it's, think it's the woes of life and so one of the things that dana specifically or god used dana to specifically point out to me is that you're fighting on a new level a new war with old war tactics and so the way that you used to engage in warfare on the last level basically isn't going to benefit you or be as successful on this level because you are in a new place which requires new techniques new war like you basically i feel like what she was saying she didn't say these exact words was that you can't bring a knife to a gunfight like you're not fighting with knives no more you up here with the big dogs they got machine guns like it's time to uh level up in your artillery so with that being said that brings us to today's conversation because initially we were going to title this or initially i was going to title it weary weariness and warfare 
because a lot of times when you are engaging in spiritual warfare, how that manifests in the natural as is as weariness, as you're tired, as you're stressed out, as you're overwhelmed, as you're burdened. And so what normally you can just go for a run or take a nap or read your Bible or pray, what normally may work when you're just tired doesn't necessarily do the same thing. So before I kick this over to Dana, I do want to read a scripture because um, I just feel like it's super important for us to take note. Uh, and I know that we say this scripture quite often, but it's important for us to, before we can even engage in warfare, before we can even overcome warfare, we have to recognize warfare. And like Dana said during that prayer call, like what is the root, right? Um, and so I'm going to read Ephesians 6 because that is um, one of my warfare scriptures. And I just think it finally, I mean, it specifically explains. Um, and I'm starting verse number 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual, mm -mm, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be, be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having showed your, your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And the real meat of what I wanted to point out in that scripture is that it says above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And how I like to break down the fiery darts are into like thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And so one last thing before I pass it over to Dana that I personally realized for myself is that one of my battles in warfare has been against something as quote unquote quote unquote unquote simple as um decision making and i god has even revealed to me that that burden uh and struggle in making decision whether it's in the large or small things isn't just something that you are challenged with because you just want to always please me um, and you always want to be in my will where I know that the bondage of perfectionism once was a stronghold that I had to overcome. I have in the more, more recent weeks realized that that is a generational curse. And it was so crazy to me because one of my first questions is like, how can decision making be a generational curse? But I didn't realize until I was in St. Louis and at home for over and over a month and visiting with family that those things that sometimes annoy and agitate us or are also or it could be. And when you use discernment, more so your spirit being grieved. And my little cousin is 14 years old and this man can, cannot or was not making decisions for nothing. Like literally, even in the small things, we would ask him, like, do you want to go to Denny's, ride up to Denny's with us? And he'd be like, I don't know. And my aunt's like, well, we in a car right now. Like, you need to make a decision. He was like, yeah. And then I'm at his, spend a night at his dad's house. I'm like, hey, are you going to sleep in your room or downstairs on the couch? What you going to do? He was like, I don't know. I'm like, well, yo, I need to know, you know, you got to make a decision because 
I based off of what your decision is, then I'm going to know where I need to sleep. And then he's like, oh, my gosh, it's so hard. I'm so indecisive. And he's laughing. But like I'm spending weeks at a time with him. And I'm realizing, like, yo, this dude cannot even make small decisions. Like it's so it's almost annoying. And yeah, it is annoying. But I'm trying to be patient with him. And I'm realizing, like, yo, why is this agitating me so much? Like, you know, I'm being patient with Dougal. Why is this agitating me? And then I look around at my family members from my for my eyes and everything and every little thing, like every little small decision, like where y'all want to go, what y'all want to eat, what y'all, everything is so such a big debate. Like, and I thought because of me growing up in these environments, that I'm just a great decision maker. Like, I think that if somebody like, do y'all want Chinese food or pizza? I'm a, I'm just like, yo, it's not that big of a deal. Like, let's give Chinese food or let's go what we have a taste for or who got a deal, who's running a special. Like, it doesn't have to be this long, drawn out conversation or this long, drawn out um, debate or researching process. But it, it took for me to go home and it took for me to examine my environments to realize sometimes I struggle when it comes to making business decisions because I haven't got to the root of the issue, which again is like being able to recognize what you struggle with. And I think Dana has, of course, helped me a Along that journey as well like I had to acknowledge the fact I don't like making decisions no matter how big or how small when it's smaller things I will just do it but I started realizing that I went from one extreme to the next whereas let's say if let's say if I know that people have struggled um, with financial literacy or whatever like that then or not financial literacy, but more so like financial budgeting, I would go to the complete opposite. Like I'm not, I don't care about no coupons. I don't care about this or that. If I want it, I'm gonna get it. And that has been a part of rebellion and not necessarily recognizing the warfare. So with that being said, in order for us, I personally believe in order for us to overcome this warfare, we have to first acknowledge it. Kyle. Amen. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I was reading Cindy Trim's, I forgot the name of her warfare book, but I, I haven't fully read it. But in the intro, preface, whatever, first chapter, she's like, you can't war against the spirit if you don't know the spirit you're warring against. Because like you said, specific prayers receive specific answers and I forgot to do something and that's great. Um, so if you're going to specifically war against something or pray against something, you have to be specific. So if you don't know what spirit you are fighting against or what spirit you're praying against, then how can you have a specific prayer? Or for instance, even like to make a natural analogy, if you're warring against a person, but you don't know who the person is and you just start fighting everybody, that's not going to be effective for you. And it probably could cause more damage to you or to others if you don't know who specifically or what specifically you're fighting. And so you have having to acknowledge the what or the who is not only tactically efficient, but it's beneficial because you don't know who else you can harm if you aren't specific. And the conversation or the prayer call that we had that Monday was really getting down to the specifics because a lot of times people don't address their deep rooted issues because they don't want to because it's hurtful or it's painful or it's been suppressed or that could be suppressed by others or suppressed by themselves. 
And so because they're not acknowledging their deep-rooted issues, they're not acknowledging the specific thing they need to work against. And in not acknowledging the specificness in the issue, they can be, one, lying to themselves, and two, ineffective. Because like on the prayer call, everybody asking for clarity and guidance, I immediately was like, I immediately was like, why do all y'all need clarity and guidance? That doesn't make sense. And when we got to the root of it, nobody needed clarity and guidance. Everybody needed something different. And I was like, yeah, y'all lying to yourselves. That's not what you need. It's, you're masking it to make it seem like it's that because that seems like something light and doesn't have to do with you. Because if you're seeking clarity and guidance, it doesn't have to do with you. It has to do with God or another person that's guiding you. But it's not acknowledging that you can have the issue. So everybody had this like, oh, it's not me. I just need clarity kind of request. And it was like, no, you actually need to look at yourself because look at who you're attracting. You actually are going through mental warfare and you're tired. And because you're not engaging in this warfare, the mental warfare is winning. And so you have cloudy judgment or you are fighting something that's bigger than yourself. And because you're not acknowledging that you think that you need clarity and guidance, even though you know that, know what you need to do but you're just afraid to do it because it's something bigger than you. So everybody had deep underlying rooted issues that had nothing to do with clarity and guidance. And I did not even know that that phone call was going to go in the direction it went. I didn't even want to leave the prayer call that morning, but I think it was very beneficial. And like you said, set the tone for the following weeks to come, especially for me, because I think the next week that, yeah, the next, the exact next week I winds up, wound up having to engage in spiritual warfare. And it was the setup for what I know now is going to be a long war. And God was, I guess, preparing me or I don't want to say warning, but maybe warning and preparing me on that Monday prayer call for what was going to happen that Sunday. Like straight up, it happened, the turnaround was that fast. And now when I was sitting here in this conversation with you, which is why I had a certain look on my face that I tried to correct, but I was trying to um, work through what I think God was trying to tell me, and I was just trying to discern if it was me or God, which is why I had that face, particularly today. Because right before we got online, I prayed to God and I said, Well, I thought I received the revelation, and so I prayed to God and asked for confirmation. So then in your conversation, I was like, God, is this the confirmation or is this still me? So recognizing because you said something about when you wanted to originally call this conversation weariness and being wearisome because you get weary in in warfare that that kind of was i was seeking to see if that was the confirmation that i was seeking because this past week yes this past week i felt like not necessarily drained and not necessarily tired or weary but i did feel that something was off and i was like well why is the something off and so the revelation, I put it in quotes because I'm still not sure I need to take it to God further, but the revelation I received right before this call was that I'm annoyed in my flesh and my flesh is annoyed. Like, yeah, my flesh is annoyed, but my spirit is fighting. And my, I just have to acknowledge and, rec and recognize that I have in the last week been engaging in spiritual warfare and am uh, what's the word? Preparing to engage in a long war. And so my spirit was, I guess, not weary or tired, but like gearing up for war. And also at the same time, tired from engaging in war just in the last week. Mm -hmm. And 
So I guess it was a warning that if I'm tired, and this is just the beginning, that I need to uh, amp up my artillery, like you said, and we all know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So that was the revelation and confirmation thing that was happening before this. But I guess to say to everyone else that acknowledging that something is warfare helps you, like it's helping me prepare for that warfare, not only to win it, but to endure it. Because as Cassandra said earlier, it can get wearisome or wearisome and it can be draining if you are not proper, properly in God's armor or if you are not properly engaging. You could be improperly engaging by fighting the wrong fight. Like one, why are you trying to fight when you know that God's supposed to fight and that you're just supposed to, one, use the sword, be in the word, and two, um, pray because your weapon mainly is prayer. And so you can be fighting when you're not called to fight, or you could be, like I said earlier, fighting the wrong thing. And so it's ineffective because it's hurting you and others when you're not even in the right fight. Um, or you're just not prepared because you haven't built up your prayer life or your artillery to engage in warfare at all. So if you find yourself tired, and you don't know you're in warfare, maybe it's time to check and acknowledge that you are in warfare. And if you find yourself tired and you already acknowledge that you're in warfare, maybe it's time to check your artillery. Yeah, one of the things that um, I, gotta, I feel like- I gotta get my charger, that's the thing I forgot. Okay. One of the things that I feel like really stood out to me, um, look how cute she is, y'all. One of the things that really stood out to me um, that I was like, even speaking about on my personal Facebook Live yesterday is having to ask yourself the quote unquote hard questions and, and asking yourself these hard questions or even asking God, you're able to get to the root of what is going on, what is bothering you, where and what and how you are being attacked so that you can engage correctly. So, of course, that's in prayer. But getting to the root of the issue, I feel like uh, it's also like a heart check. And that's what I talked about yesterday. Like a lot of times we can become weary and well-doing or get tired or, bur or burdensome and overwhelmed because maybe we, and we talked about this before, maybe what we're doing is from a, not from a pure place. Um, whether it's from a place of obligation and not opportunity, maybe it could be things that we are. Cause I think Dana even called this out before too. Like, did God tell you to do this? Or, or did you tell you to do this, right? Uh, and so sometimes we can even engage in warfare that we aren't, like in battles, we ain't called to fight. Like who told you to pick that up? Like who told you to jump into this situation or circumstance or put yourself into this mind frame where you're not called? So I think that even asking yourself the hard questions, like because sometimes you can engage in a warfare that God didn't call you to being right and so that comes to asking the hard questions praying to god seeking him getting to the root of the issue because again you can either be fighting something that fighting the wrong enemy or fighting something that you weren't called to fight and that's why it's weighing you down because you aren't prepared but one of the biggest things that i think we should take away from what dana said is like how we prepare for war is through prayer um and so whether it is a forewarning whether this live stream right now is a forewarning or it's a confirmation for what you're going through like you have you have to make sure that now more than ever that you are going to the father in prayer because those things that are annoying you those things that are agitating you could be your spirit it could not just be your flesh but it could be like your spirit grieving and then you may want to take it out on people because you think that people are annoying you or people are getting on your nerves but it could be the spirit which is why i 
read that scripture for we wrestle not against flesh and blood because sometimes even when we're engaging in spiritual warfare we still can take it out on natural people and have problems with natural people when you the people ain't my problem it's the spirit that dwells within or that is possessing or that is using or the thought idea and suggestion and so I think that it's very important for us to always remember who our enemy is. Always to go ahead, babe. I don't know. This is something I'm wrestling with too, because at least when it comes to other believers, and I feel like that's who we mainly talk to in these conversations. I'm not going to take away the accountability as you as a person. While it might be and probably is demonic influences, maybe even demonic possession, demonic spirits, whatever warfare is happening spiritually you as a christian who knows these things and does not acknowledge those things and then has some kind of repeated behavior pattern behavior and not just once off twice off i mean for years if not decades i'm gonna hold you accountable as a person as a christian let me say that because you have to recognize, or I think as a Christian, you can recognize if your fruits are not the fruits of the spirit, but the fruits of the flesh, and you're supposed to be a Christian, wouldn't you then check, am I doing something that is not of God? Am I being influenced in a way that is not of God, that is causing these fruits of the flesh and not the fruits of the spirit? Like, I, I, I put some kind of accountability into a person, at least if it's a Christian. If it's not, yeah, but if it well, is. I think that it also goes into like, I'm going to just say kind of like judging righteously or loving and correcting in love, because I think you gave a very specific example. So if we're going to go based off of your specific example, because the, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you have knowledge and understanding. But it sounds like the person that you, or the situation that you're talking about, like they have knowledge and understanding. And yeah, I'm not they, talking about baby Christians or milk Christians. I'm talking about meat Christians. Right. OK. So people who have an understanding, they know better, but aren't necessarily doing better. So, again, when it comes to us holding them accountable, is this what we're called to do? Like, are we in the position, maybe like uh, a leadership role? Are we in the friendship role? And like what makes us feel like we are called to hold them accountable? Are we supposed to hold them accountable in prayer or are we supposed to specifically call them out? And mm -hmm. if it, it is that, cause we have to make sure that we're guided by God. So if we're called mm -hmm. to call somebody out and we're guided by God, that still goes back to the, we know who the, who the, what, when, where, why, and how. And I was just talking to a friend about this, like, those hard talks and those hard conversations are actually really healing conversations. They should be done in love. They should be done in God's timing. We should be literally praying before we even approach the person to hold them accountable. We should be praying in that call or that interaction. We should be seeking God before we even could go to them to hold them accountable because just because you know better doesn't mean that you do better. And if you don't, if you know better and aren't doing better, is it because of a lack of knowledge? Is it because of weariness? Is it because you're going through your own personal warfare? Is it because of, I don't want to? So we have so many un unknown factors into why somebody could be not doing what God has called them to do or living up to walk worthy to the call or whatever that accountability thing is. So before I can even hold you, hold on one no, second. Before I can even hold you accountable, I got to go to God asking him to prepare your heart and your mind to receive and my heart and my mind to deliver and also receive what you have to say to come back. So I think that even still when it even when it comes to accountability, we got to go to the root source first before we can even deal with you in the natural realm, if that makes sense. So if I have done the spiritual work. OK, go ahead. 
I wasn't even talking about accountability. You took it there. I'm just saying the way you framed it, you made it seem like it's always just spirit. I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's always just for we. I know. I know. I acknowledge that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and that the root of it is something spiritual. Yes, but I want to acknowledge that we can't just keep saying that because then that gives people who are the problem, or for lack of a better word, problem in this case, to just keep on keeping on. Like at the same time, God sent. Like you said, God sent people to hold people accountable. Like he sent Nathan to David in the right person in the right time. So I'm not saying that I need to be this person, but I'm not going to excuse or enable your behavior and just say, well, it's just the spirit. No, it's you too, because you're an adult. Right. But but the, the issue comes into like, how, how, are, how are we handling knowing, trying, okay, Mark James, hi, Mark, trying to tame sin instead of rebuking and purging it, hold them accountable. Okay, but how how does this this is what I'm speaking about? Like, what does this accountability look like? Am I holding you accountable because this is what I feel like I need to do? Or am I holding you accountable because this is what God is guiding me to do? And if I'm doing it in my own strength, there is a a large opportunity for flesh to get involved. So that's why I'm saying we have to do the spiritual work first before I can even get, get to the accountability because it won't come out as accountability. It will be more so me calling you out. And that's not of God. I'm not saying once again that I am seeking accountability. I am saying I'm not going to excuse adults and just say it's the spirit. While it is large. So how do you deal with these people? Um, so I, I think because like you, because I haven't. So this is a conversation that I had to recently where it's, I already know that I am. Not, I'm never going to speak out of God, out of God's timing and out of God's will, even if I want to. I'm not that person. Even if you come to me, I am going to pray first with you before I even speak to you. And while we are talking, I'll be interceding. So I'm, that's why I said this is not a conversation, at least for me, about hold, wanting to hold a person accountable, even if I want to. That, that's not the issue. My issue lies in constantly excusing behavior of Christians specifically and just saying that it's a hundred percent spiritual warfare. While I do not believe it is when it comes to certain people, like you said, maybe not baby Christians, and I explicitly said not non-believers. But if you are a person who knows the word and who knows the has the knowledge and the facts and the experience, and you still like I said, allow certain sin to result in your life that affects other people and not just, like I said, in a one-off or two-off situation, but it happens and becomes pattern behavior. I'm not just going to call that spirit. That's some of you up in that. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not, I didn't even get into the accountability. Who's going to hold you accountable? Who's going to call you out? Who's going to purge the sin? Who's going to rebuke the sin? Because like you said, a lot of that rebuking and purging happens, at least with me, and unless you're called for people privately, in spiritual warfare, yes. But I do think at some point there will be a Nathan. Amen. No arguments or rebuttals. <laughs> Anybody else say something? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, yeah, so in closing, <laughs> when it comes to overcoming spiritual warfare, I believe that our biggest takeaways is for us to first um, recognize and acknowledge that we are in spiritual warfare and then to properly engage. However, I think that um, a great thing to note is that we must prepare. God always prepares before he presents. So 
don't wait until you receive the forewarning or don't wait until you're already actively engaging in a battle before you start preparing for war. Like basketball players don't wait until the season starts before they start uh, going to the gym. Right. And so we don't want to wait until it's time for us to gear up and go to war before we start making sure that our artillery artillery is correct. Also drove. Okay. Do you got any closing words, prophetess? Mm -mm. Just like you said, in acknowledging, get to the root of the acknowledgement and not some sugary coated something that you mask in because you want to actually mask your truth, which goes back to the conversation that we had a couple weeks ago. I don't know about healing through honesty, mm-hmm. and that healing ain't gonna happen until you get honest with yourself. And if you have to heal through warfare, that also cannot happen unless you're honest with others and yourself. Um, Because we talked about that, too, in terms of having to be honest with the others in the church. And then it was something, oh, when you said something about if it's God-ordained, God's hand, if you put yourself in it, just briefly, someone, I had a conversation with someone about that recently, too, because they were asking about, the, the difference between purpose, assignment, and calling, which is another conversation we had two or three weeks ago, whatever. And they said, well, what's the difference between an assignment and a burden? Yeah. And I was like, well, a burden, you put yourself in an assignment is God-ordained. Because if anything feels like a burden, then it probably ain't from God because God already told us that his burden is light. How are you trying to do it in your own strength? Let me finish what I'm saying. My bad, babe. <laughs> or... You can be in a God-ordained assignment and it feel heavy because you haven't taken up his yoke and his burden. So you're trying to do it in your own strength and you are trying to do it out of how you want to do it and not how God wants you to do it. And so you're not coming into the assignment in the proper way. So yes, you can distinguish between burden and assignment, but it can still feel bad even if you have confirmed it is an assignment if you didn't go in properly. So I told the person to one, pray to God and have him confirm if this is an assignment or a burden, meaning something you put on yourself. And then two, to do a heart check like God, do I have the proper posture for this assignment? Um, Specifically too, because if you don't have the proper posture, you might wind up having the same assignment again. Because that's another thing the person said that they wound up having the same assignment over and over and over and they didn't know why. I said, well, then it actually does sound kind of God ordained because it sounds like a test that you keep failing. And it sounds like a heart check that you're not willing to change. Um, and then it was something else I told them too about the assignment, which I can't remember, so I guess it doesn't need to be repeated. But yeah, that can't, oh, that guy does assign bad assignments. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah, so you can be in something that feels bad and be like, well, this, not, this must not be from God. This must be something I put myself in. No, God sure enough could assign you to something horrible. Could assign you to be a martyr. He could assign you to suffer, which suffering is a gift, but that's one of the conversation. He can assign you to a difficult situation, which looks and feels bad. Like that can very much be the case. So you can also feel burdened because it just on the outside of things looks bad. However, if you look at things from the spirit, and not from your flesh and recognize that it is an assignment and not a burden, 
then that might also help you through enduring it and passing the test. What that has to do with warfare, I'm not sure, but it reminded me of something you said earlier. I think that that ties into warfare because I believe that uh, the battlefield is in your mind. And so if you are looking at assignments as burdens or because they feel like burdensome, then you think that's not of God, you know, then it goes back to that heart check, which is what I was speaking about earlier about the posture and how you are serving, not just serving in ministry or serving people, but serving the Lord. Like everything that you do, you're supposed to do heartily unto the Lord. When you give, it is supposed to be out of the abundance of your heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful means happy, hilarious, excited, prompt to do it ready. Right. And so when God is saying like when Dana is talking about doing a heart check and making sure that your heart is properly positioned for the mission or the assignment, that means that am I doing this from a place of obligation? Am I doing this grudgingly because I think that this is what I'm supposed to do or this is what is required of me? Or am I doing this as an opportunity? Like Dana said, like even suffering is a blessing. Of course, she said we'll get into that later. But if this is something that God has called me to do and God has called me to overcome or God has called me to be in the midst of and even though it does not feel good, I have to remember that it is for my good. So it does not matter matter the test, trial, or tribulation. I have an opportunity to be used by God in this capacity because I know that it will be for my good and give him further glory. And so with that being said, I think that even when it comes to engaging or overcoming warfare, it begins in the mind or in our language um, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if our mindset is not correct and our heart posture is not correct because out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks, then what comes out of our mouth will not be correct. And then what we're speaking, we will see because we will eat the fruit of our words. And so we have to be very careful of even how we are looking at mentally and in our heart posture and speaking about our seasons. Um, because it's extremely important point blank period like if god is if we're in a season of difficulty or in a season of suffering and i put i put that um on my instagram what was that earlier this week probably like monday i wrote about suffering and asked are you suffering and defined what suffering was and talked about how suffering is beneficial for growth and it's sometimes necessary and it's when it's suffering by god you know or because of god or god sensed it or allowed it nevertheless like, is this, a, it's not an obligation, it's an opportunity. And the reason why it's not an obligation is because we have free will and we have free choice and nobody has a gun to your head saying that if you don't do this thing or if you don't answer this call or if you don't live this life, then you shall surely die in the natural. Y'all got anything to say to us before we pray y'all out? Well, if it was good, share it. Nope. Don't look like it. All right. Well, join us next week for another covenant conversation. Um, you guys can be sure to follow us on all social media. Instagram is covenant conversation, a covenant conversation, a covenant conversation. And um, we got a podcast. too. It's, it's covenant not conversation without the S. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's our, uh, that's our email. So, yeah. 
if you want to email us some prayer requests <laughs> or some praise reports, we should we're gonna start sharing y'all stuff. You can do so at a covenant conversation at gmail.com. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, it's Covenant Conversation, no S. Follow us on Facebook. I mean, if you're watching this live, then you could just go ahead and just click the follow. If you are listening on our podcast platform, which is also Covenant Conversations on all podcasting platforms, you can um, follow us on Facebook at Covenant Conversations. Only thing that don't have an S is our Instagram. Oh, what's your, what's your name? Dakota, what are you talking about? Absolutely. Hi, Coda. Yeah, that's, that's our Instagram, guys. And those are the platforms that we're on. Okay. Well, if Dakota ain't going to answer me. Sometimes it'd be a little bit delayed on our end. Uh, well, I don't know what she was saying absolutely to, but amen. Amen, glory. Huh? I said, amen, glory. Oh, I'll pray us out because I don't see nothing from her. Okay. Okay. Dear God, thank you for another day of life, health, and strength, another day on this side of heaven, and to fulfill whatever purpose or call or assignments you have called us to, Lord God, according to your purpose. So thank you for another opportunity to not only get it right, thank you for another opportunity to bring glory to your name and to your kingdom. Thank you for the new mercies you give us each and every day. Thank you for having this conversation with us to help us have clearer understanding of what is and what is to come. Help us acknowledge the root issues of any hurt that may be causing spiritual warfare, whether it be within ourselves, within our family and generational curses, within our church, within the church of the world, wherever those hidden and oppressed and suppressed hurts may root, help us dig it up and get to that root so we can call it out and that we can properly engage in the warfare that you have assigned to us. Help us remember that you fight the battle and that the victory is already ours and that we simply need to put on the armor of the Lord and use our artillery being your word and prayer and communion with you. Let us remember that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but help us also be responsible Christians that hold ourselves accountable in whatever part we may play that causes hurt, that causes war, that causes any kind of frustration to your kingdom. Remove the veil as you have been doing so this entire year. Help us in the war that is to come that is the rest of this year thank you for the grace mercy and favor that you've given us thus far all these things i ask in your son christ jesus name and for his sake amen amen did she respond yeah but it's her wi-fi so i don't know what she's talking about <laughs> well i wanted to say one last thing that came to me while we were in prayer um a lot of times it's necessary for us to acknowledge and recognize what the warfare is as well as the generational curses not so that we can overcome them but so that we can destroy them 
because if you don't know that something is attached to you, then how can you overcome it, right? And so a lot of times we talk about we're called to be generational curse breakers, this, that, and the third. But if you have not recognized and acknowledged something that is a generational curse, then how can you break it? Or something that is a stronghold, then how can you destroy it? Or something that is warfare, then how can you overcome it or engage correctly? So this is what I really just feel led to say, um, because warfare comes in many shapes, forms, and fashions. All right, y'all. See y'all next week. Who am I? Am I ready? Am